Hello everyone and welcome to episode 21 of Added Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast with me, your host, Steve Watkins. And my god, it's cold. So cold, the weather has really dropped here in the UK. I'm currently sat with my hoodie on, with my hood up, which is something I normally do because I'm freezing. And radiators on right next to me, which is lovely. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's really, really cold out there. And then this cold weather really isn't helping clear my uh, cough either, which still remains from from last week. I hope it goes soon because it's really annoying. You can hear it in my voice already. <clears throat> so I apologise in advance for that. But where it is warm currently is in Qatar, where we still have the World Cup going on. We've had the round of 16 games, and we have the quarterfinals coming up this weekend. So let's go through last weekend's round of 16, uh, which these feel like an age ago now, because we've had two days of no football, and I've, I've felt very lost without there being at least two games on the telly. But it's back this weekend. So let's go through the round of 16 results. Uh, so the Netherlands beat the United States 3-1. I thought Denzel Dumfries really stood out for the Dutch in that game. Uh, they're quietly going about their business. Personally, I don't think they've quite got enough to win uh, the World Cup. And they obviously have quite a tough one uh, next when they face Argentina, who beat Australia 2-1. Messi with the goal. Um Australia did not disgrace themselves, did really well. And, you know, the, there's there's something there for people to hold on to, you know, if they want, if, if Australian football is going to um, get bigger. You know, the, the, very much like the, the Americans as well. You know, we're seeing both America, the United States and Australia in the round of 16. And who's to say in four years time, we don't see them, you know, progress even further into the quarterfinals. But... Next up is Netherlands and Argentina. I'll go through all those later. Anyway, um, on the Sunday, we had France versus Poland. I thought Poland were very poor. I said it on last week's podcast that actually I thought that Poland were one of the worst teams I've ever seen get out of a group stage. And France France made them look... France made it look so easy. And Mbappe was, was ridiculous. Um... People are, are, are rightly lauding him up at the moment as the best player in the world. He just looks frightening. Uh, whether he's going down the wing, whether he cuts inside. I mean, one of his one of his goals at the weekend was just ridiculous. And uh, it's, it's going to be a big ask for England, but there's more than just Mbappe in that team as well. Uh, and I'll come on to that a little bit later on when I talk about the quarterfinals. Um, Lewandowski did get the Poland goal for me, uh, so it was a retaken penalty. And for me, I think the original one should have stood because Larice did come off his line, but it's because Lewandowski did this stuttering run up, and he deserved to miss. And me personally, I wouldn't have had it retaken. I'd have been like, "Sodje, if you're going to run up like an idiot, then tough." But it was retaken. He scored. Um, not sure. I mean, Lewandowski is, what, 33, 34 now? So I imagine that that is uh, him done in terms of World Cup. He might be at the Euros in in, uh, in 
in 18 months time so we'll, we'll wait and see on that one <clears throat> and then on to Sunday uh, Sunday evening sorry we had England versus Senegal now for 30 minutes this looked like a tricky game England looked slow they looked ponderous there wasn't really a lot going on and it felt like one of those games where I thought oh god if this is still nil nil after an hour I'm worried and then England just turned on the style and 38th minute Jordan Henderson scores but Jude Bellingham my god what just what a player I mean there's, there's not much more I can say that hasn't already been said about Jude Bellingham. He's 19 years old. He's Captain Dortmund. And if you didn't know how old he was, based on the way he plays, based on his interviews and the way he conducts himself, you would think he was 25, 26 years old. You, you know, you would think that he's he's been there, done it. There is going to be a one hell of a bidding war for his signature come the summer. It looks like Liverpool are actually leading the race to, to sign him, which would be huge because a lot of people, myself included, assume that he would just go to Real Madrid or to Man City. Uh, the sporting director, I believe it is, of PSG also pretty much confirmed that, yeah, we'll be looking at him as well because they can, they can afford him. And you know what? Even if Bellingham went to PSG, a lot of people would say, oh, God, that's that's a bit easy, isn't it? But the way that football's sort of going at the minute and with a lot of these youngsters that have that are generational talents, Mbappe, Haaland, Bellingham, you know, Foden to a degree, but he's just signed a big contract at City. What these players can do is they can just sign two-year contracts demand a ridiculous amount of money and after that first year there is then just a clamber for this player like people are just desperate to sign this player so Bellingham could go to PSG for two seasons win the league twice maybe win the Champions League win the French Cup there's three or four he'll always get picked for England as long as he's fit and then he could, at 21, then go to Real Madrid, spend three seasons there, maybe have some success there. And then by the time he's 24, make his way to the Premier League and sign for whoever is is doing, doing the business then in, in five, six years' time. And these young players can, if they stay fit, they, they can do that because they know that clubs will want them. And if they make themselves available... I mean, a lot's been said about the Mbappe thing, but, you know, it's it's. I think it's a two-year contract. He could he could walk away uh, next, uh, not next summer, the summer after, on a free and end up at Man City or end up at, I mean, he's more likely to go Real Madrid, but, you know, there's already talk that Haaland's going to be at Real Madrid in 2024. And the guy's only just signed for Man City. So, look... Wherever Bellingham ends up next, I would love to see him in the Premier League. Um, I'm I, I would be surprised if he goes to Liverpool, although they seem to be leading the race, just purely on a financial basis. In that, 
English players are already expensive, but when they are of this talent and this age, he will definitely go for over 100 million. And once it starts getting up to 120, 130, you know, that sort of area, are Liverpool going to spend that amount of money? Because, yeah, although they did spend 80 on Nunes last summer, you know, they they made uh, 70 million from selling three players. So, you know, have Liverpool got three players that they could sell that would help fund a lot of the Bellingham stuff? Maybe that's what they were planning last summer. And then there's obviously the talk of a takeover. And what way to mark a takeover with a huge marquee signing of of one of the best young players in world football by signing Jude Bellingham. Apparently United have dropped out of the race. I I never thought United uh, would have stood much of a chance, uh, takeover or not. But again, stranger things have happened. I could be wrong. So yeah, I've, again, I'll, I'll go back to England. So I digressed a bit there about uh, club football and about Bellingham and where he goes next. But I thought I thought with Bellingham just driving the midfield, I thought Henderson was great again. Uh, I said last week that Henderson deserves his place in the team, and he is a he's just got an engine on him. He's a leader, uh, and Jude Bellingham was really praising him up uh, after the game and saying that. You know, actually, it's quite disrespectful that that people say he's not that technically gifted. So, you know, maybe Jude was listening to the podcast and maybe he heard me say that and I've angered him. You know, if that is the case, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jude. And uh, you are welcome on the Added Time podcast anytime. (laughs) Um, And Harry Kane got the got the uh, got himself a goal as well. So that's his first of the World Cup and Saka with the third which was which was good stuff so yeah a, a, a kind of a, a worrying 30 odd minutes but I think once Kane got that goal just before half time it felt like game over and yeah England are, England are doing well and people are very excited but the the game on Saturday is not going to be easy um you know a lot of people say about Southgate they criticize him um I've been critical of him. We've got to start trusting Southgate in these sorts of games, especially in knockout in in World Cup because um I mean under Southgate we've 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 won um six knockout games, I think it is, uh, in tournament football. Which is more than the nineteen, but more than uh, more knockout games than uh, the time period between sixty six and I think two thousand and and four or something like that. Um, Southgate's equaled that in 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 four years through the twenty eighteen World Cup, the twenty twenty slash twenty one Euros, and now this. Um, and there just seems to be like. You know, he might come across as a bit pragmatic and he might come across as a bit boring. And, you know, he gets criticised for, oh, he's picked this, he's picked this player again and not picked that player. The guy does know what he's doing. You know, I I will forever be critical of the way England played in the final last year in the Euros because after we got the first goal, we should have just gone and and hammered Italy because we were all over them absolutely all over them um but Southgate was too 
pragmatic and sat back. And we saw it against USA as well, where he, he decided after 60 minutes, you know what, I'll take the draw. But I would... Uh, I think we need to be careful as England fans, you know, what we wish for, because Southgate has done a good job. And even if England do go out at the weekend, I still believe he has done a good job. Um, we, you know, we've been spoiled, really. World Cup semi-final, a Euros final, and then now, you know, qualified from our group again. The only team that didn't lose, that came top of their group. Uh, nine goals, which I think was one of the most as well. So I guess we, we've got to put a bit of respect on Southgate. And even if we lose on Saturday, I expect him to be the manager for Euro 2024. So, uh, the other round of 16 games, uh, Japan, are really unfortunate. Uh, they were held 1-1 by Croatia, and then Croatia beat them 3-1 on penalties. The penalties were really, really poor. And then Brazil were rampant against uh, South Korea. Um, what were they, three, maybe even four up by halftime? Um, yeah, they were, they were, they were, four, they were four nil up by halftime. Uh, four different goal scorers, Vinicius, Neymar, Richarlison and uh, uh, Paqueta as well. So, yeah, Brazil turning on the style. Um, the samba dancing, it's their culture. Let them get on with it. Uh, they're the ones that will look like idiots if they dance around like that and then lose. So... Uh, the big shock of the round of 16 was Morocco held Spain to a nil-nil draw and then took them to penalties where Spain, despite practising apparently over a thousand penalties, didn't score a single one and Morocco beat them 3-0 on penalties, um, which is which is great. So Morocco are through, which is, it's a crazy story, the Morocco one. I mean, I don't know too much about it, but just things that I've heard in the... You know, this current manager, he's only had them for a handful of games. Most of his games in charge have come from this World Cup as well. Uh, you had um, Ziyech, who had to be, they had to almost beg him to come back to play international football. And he was brilliant the other night. Uh, defensively, just so good. And, and Chelsea fans are wondering, you know, is this the same player that... that place for us because it was looked like a completely different player um, Spain have parted company with Luis Enrique and the under 21 manager has taken over it's a very Spanish thing to do I uh, don't know his name I apologise so yeah no surprise there uh, what I am kind of surprised at but then I don't know the ins and outs of German football is Hansi Flick has kept his job for now and they want him to be the manager for Euro 2024 so He's staying where he is. Um, and then the final game of the round of 16 was Portugal-Switzerland. And do you know what? I said it. I said about Portugal. 6-1, you know. Um, all the headlines, again, were about one man. And that one man being Ronaldo, of course. So he was subbed off in the last group game where they played Korea. And he was he mouthed something in Portuguese. And 
I think it's been lip read and translated into effectively he couldn't wait to bring me off or something like that and he's basically criticised the manager so there was rumblings before the game that Ronaldo might be dropped he might have the captaincy stripped from him uh, he might actually start the game on the bench uh, and he did and his replacement was uh, Gonzalo Ramos who not got much international experience I think he had one cap maybe before tonight I might be wrong on that so don't quote me uh, and he scored a hat-trick so Ronaldo, the, the 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 one of the greatest ever. That's not. I'm I'm not being sarcastic. You know, one of the greatest ever uh, has scored at 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 uh, what is he five World Cups now that he scored at or something. Um, only has one knockout goal or one goal in the knockout stages, and this guy comes in, twenty one years old, replaces him in the team. And scores a hat-trick. So, you know, fair play to him. And look, Portugal do look dangerous. And we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I mean, Ronaldo did come on during the game. And he did score, but he was he was miles offside. Um, at the end of the game, when the Portuguese players are celebrating in front of their fans, he was seen he was it was very obvious he was obviously seen that he was walking off as well and not celebrating with the rest of the team um Gary now Gary Neville put it perfectly <clears throat> when he said that Ronaldo is not handling the end of his career very well uh, and I couldn't agree more there's not really much more I can say about that so what that does mean is that this weekend in the quarterfinals, we have the Netherlands versus Argentina. That's that's a tasty one. Croatia, Brazil, England, France, and Morocco, Portugal. Uh, just before I go into that, uh, Eden Hazard has announced his international retirement at the age of 31, which... That's young. That is young. But that guy needs to get back on track uh, in his club club career, I think. Uh, and I expect there'll be a, many more uh, Belgian players that um, announce their retirement. I mentioned it last week. I don't think anyone else has. Uh, let me have a, a quick look because you know they have got they they they've got an um, an aging squad as we know. Uh, so Belgium. Retirement, please. Yeah, there's not much in the. Uh, I don't think. I don't think anyone else has announced. It just says here. Yeah, Hazard. Yeah, there's no one else currently, but I expect there to be more. Um, so he's he's the first of that golden generation, really, to to announce his retirement. So. You know, if it helps him get his uh, club form back on track, and then so be it. I mean, talking of talking of age, I mean, in that Portugal game, uh, Pepe, thirty nine years old, scored <clears throat> incredible, incredible, really. So Netherlands, Argentina. Oh man, what do I think to this one? 
So the winners of this played the winners of Croatia-Brazil. I'm going to go with Brazil on that one. But Netherlands-Argentina, that is such a tough one to call. Uh, I see this one... I see this one going to extra time. And uh, I'm going to say it, and I don't want it to happen... I'm going to say the Dutch win on penalties to set up a Holland-Brazil semi-final. Ah. Right. Morocco versus Portugal. I wonder whether it's just one game too far for Morocco. Are we going to have a a situation where it's a little bit like after the Lord Mayor's show where they've pulled off an upset But then the game after, they are well and truly, well and truly beaten, well and truly humbled. I do think that's going to be the case. I actually think that I actually think that Portugal are probably going to run out comfortable, comfortable winners here. Maybe three, four nil, which does go against. So I mean, Morocco have not conceded a lot of goals in this tournament. Uh, in fact, haven't they only conceded one goal in the whole tournament? Which is crazy. So actually, for a team to go out and put four past them, but you know this is this is knockout football now. Um, so yeah, they conceded against Canada, but I believe that was an own goal. Anyway, uh, they didn't concede against Belgium, and uh, they didn't concede against Croatia. They drew nil nil. So yeah, um, their defense is is incredible at this World Cup. So. And they may, maybe they've, maybe Portugal will have to go some to maybe win three or four nil. Like I've said, I do expect Portugal to win, so that will put them into the semi-finals. England, France. Now, oh god, I've got to try and be realistic here. Now, I I genuinely believe that with the squad of players that England have got and the squad of players that France have got, that actually they are. And, and with the players that France have got missing. So there's no Pogba, as we know, no, no Kante, no Benzema. Um, I actually think the two sides are fairly evenly matched. But the one outstanding player, of course, is Mbappe. He is... He's a game changer. He can win a game on his own. But England do have players that can do that and maybe they don't jump out at you as much as Mbappe does because he is just an incredible player now a lot of talk this week has been about stopping Mbappe make sure you stop Mbappe we've got to play Kyle Walker because he's quick and you know he's the only person you know Gary Neville said that he is probably the best right back in the world to cope with with uh, um, Mbappe He's not saying that Kyle Walker is the best right back in the world. He's saying he's the best to cope with Mbappe. <clears throat> but me personally, if you want to stop France, someone's got to sit on Griezmann and stop him being able to get that ball, run with it, and then put it out wide to Mbappe. If they stop the ball, get into Griezmann, or as soon as Griezmann gets the ball, just smother him. 
all over him. I'm not saying smash him or injure him or anything like that. And I've heard people say, oh, what we should do is go and injure Mbappe and then just sub off whichever player gets booked. Like, fucking ridiculous statement. Just sit on on Griezmann. Okay? And then if England can press high up, you know, get the forwards pressing that back four, force them to go long, I have no... I personally have no issue with Maguire or Stones being able to cope with Giroud in the air. As good as Giroud has been and had a great career, etc., etc., I think those two can handle him. So stop Griezmann and force France to go long, press them, you know, just keep running and running and running at them and eventually you'll force them into a mistake and England have the players to punish them. You know, people have got this opinion that Southgate is going to sit back. For me, that is just... And, and even change the formation, go to a back three... All you're doing then is you're just put you you're just giving the emphasis to France to go okay well if you're going to sit back we're just going to attack you and we will get through you and we will score let's play them at their own game let's just go at them fucking out no one is expecting us to win everyone said myself included oh you'll get to the quarterfinals and lose to France so let's just go for it let's just go for it you know. Uh, I think that this will go to extra time and penalties and I don't even want to predict it. So there. I'm not even predicting it. And then it and then it but it could possibly set up an England Portugal semi final. And revenge would be very, very sweet for two thousand and four and two thousand and six. So there we go. Yeah, that's my that's my predictions. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I'm look. It's only been two days, but I'm looking forward to the games coming back already. So, um, right. I didn't expect this to be a very long podcast. Uh, it's not because you know there's 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 bits and pieces going on in in uh, in club football. I've talked about Bellingham and where he could potentially go. You know, there is supposedly. A lot of interest from Manchester United about uh, Gakpo, but we, we we knew that already. Um, but yeah, it is it is as you will as you would expect. It is quite quiet on the on the club front. A lot of clubs are playing friendlies at the minute because World Cup finals on the eighteenth, and then on the twentieth there are there are League Cup games, as we know. I mentioned last week going to MK Dons. Hopefully, it's not as cold as it is tonight. But I'm sure I'll be able to keep warm somehow. So, that's it from me. Some some unbelievable breaking news, though. So, the long-awaited return of the Games and Grats podcast. Now, I'm not going to be on it this week because, I'll be honest with you, I've been busy with this, the World Cup's been on, I've done barely any gaming other than Football Manager. And even then, I've not really been playing it that much. And I've not watched wrestling for flipping ages. So, it's not really right for me to go on to a podcast to talk about gaming and wrestling, is it? So, um, 
so Sonny and Finn are back this weekend recording and we'll have a brand new episode of the Games and Graps podcast, which will be available everywhere. So don't forget to check that out. Uh, I'm sure that Sonny will uh, do another episode of the Clubhouse soon. And Finn will continue streaming over on Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steel. That's enough from me. Thank you very much for listening. It's very much appreciated. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Tell everyone about this wonderful podcast. I'm just talking bollocks now, so I'm going to go. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you next time.